Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, welcome back, folks. Beautiful Sunday morning. It's uh, great to see these big, heavy clouds over the hills here in Sunny Slope, and uh, hopefully they'll bring us a little rain. And uh, people want to note that after the rain, it can get a little chilly, too. So be prepared. Anyway, we've got two lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. We found out what's happening with Troy with the news, and now we have Shira here on Phones and Music. Just give her a call, and uh, you could be up after Neil and Scottsdale. Good morning, Craig. Oh, good morning. Good morning. I have a question. I've had uh, for two weeks now, I had a 24 gallon lemon tree from your facility planted in a uh, tangelo. Uh, is it normal for the ends, the tips of the limbs to turn yellow or am I watering it too much? It might, might be a little much in the water, Craig, and uh, it's probably a little bit climatic with the weather this time of year. And, you know, when they go out of where they're hanging out with all their buddies and go get separated out, you know, they're going to face a little bit more, you know, difference in temperature. Where are you located in Peoria, Craig? I'm in uh, like 83rd and Greenway. Okay. So you should be pretty good as far as not being too cold. Um, might not be yeah. a bad idea to throw a piece of frost cloth over them right now. And since they've been in a few weeks, change the watering back right now to once every two weeks. But keep them on the wet side for today because we uh, we may have a you know fairly significant freeze here. But I should cover them. Though. You should definitely cover, especially especially the uh, the lemon. But because they're both brand new and they're you know out experiencing the world for the first time, they're young calves out there running around. Um, Mm-hmm. Be good to get the little frost cloth on. You know, my cross, my frost cloth does though touch the branch. I can't that, get that, it high that, enough. That's that's okay. It's it's okay. better it's better to burn a few leaves in contact than it is yeah. not to cover. All righty, very good. All right, thanks, thanks Ryan. Bye bye. Bye bye. Neil and Scottsdale's up next. After Neil, it's wide open, folks. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. That's two seven seven K T A R. Good morning, Neil. Uh, good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. My wife bought some plants. I'm concerned about putting them in the ground with these freeze warnings. Mm-hmm. She bought some uh, orange jubilees and um, bougainvillea and a citrus tree. All right. You know what? I'd leave them all on the patio, Neil. Um there's no, there's no reason to put them in right now, especially in light of the weather we're going to have, you know, forecast for this week. Um, and it probably wouldn't kill any of them, but they certainly could be burned and severely damaged. You know, even around the nurseries, we're out covering and protecting right now. And uh, so that being said, I, I think, uh, glad you called because it kind of gives everybody a hint. But, you know, basically you don't want to put those frost tender guys out to have to face the elements right now. Let them uh, sit in a patio for a week or two until we say we have a little warmer, you know, weather pattern going and then go ahead and plant them. Uh, do I need to wait until like after February the fifteenth for? Well, that's uh, our, that's our traditional last frost date, but it's going to really depend a lot on how these weather patterns can go. I've seen it freeze here in April, not in a long time, but I've seen it freeze here in April. So, what we kind of want to do is just keep them on the patio and watch the weather patterns. 
You know, and if it's going to get to where it's changing the way the it's coming across right now, you know, most of our weather is coming across the middle of the Pacific, you know, and then dumping down across California. So these aren't the real hard freezes we had like in 77 and 78, you know, where the basically back then what would happen, the weather would drop down, you know, over Alaska and then come straight down. And especially when it comes down over land and not over the ocean. So while these storms are cooler, colder storms, they're not the freezing, real hard freeze kind of storms that we can have. So you really kind of got to watch, you know, how the how the world turns, basically, how the weather's moving. And uh, because we certainly can, you know, that jet stream can come up further north and then drop down south. And when that happens, we can have hard freezes, you know, all the way through to March. So I would just leave them on the patio and enjoy them there and uh, wait till we see a big trend and weather change. Okay. Thank you for your advice, Brian. Thanks, Neil. You're a plethora of knowledge. Well, I'm learning too. You know, it's just like, well, it's why I really enjoy, you know, to learn about the difference in the two, four D and the two, four, five T, you know, there's just, there's always so many things to learn in life. And, and the day we don't get up and learn something, I don't know. I, I, I get to learn every day and, you know, you know, we learn mostly by our mistakes, but it's certainly fun to share everybody's knowledge here in the program. It sure is. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Neil. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Andy and Chandler. Hi, Andy. Good morning, Brian. Um, just a quick comment about the 2,4-D. I killed my really nice Chinese elm a couple of years ago because mm-hmm. I sprayed it or sprayed turf weeds um, with 2,4-D, and it volatilized, and it was like 95 degrees when I sprayed it. And I didn't read the label like a stupid person, and... Uh, yeah, I killed a beautiful twenty foot, fifteen foot tree. So anyway, I bet, I, bet, day, I, I bet you'll never do that again, Andy. <laughs> oh no, no, no! <laughs> that's, that's what I say. Learning by mistakes and how many plants I've killed. But yeah, two four D. You know, it's really only a winter time. You know, you certainly can't use it when it's warm and it does volatilize and you know kills yeah. shrubs and trees and all kinds of things. Yeah, but I had a question. My avocado tree. But, it's still in the 15-gallon bucket. Mm-hmm. Should I just put it under the patio Absolutely. for the next couple nights? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just okay. err on the side of caution, bring it in, because they can freeze mm-hmm. at, like, 28 and do major damage to them. And I think a whole lot of the valley is going to get down to 28. Okay. Good deal. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. One other note. Um, I was there at your – I met – I actually got a chance to meet you at your, um, your nursery off of Cooper, I mm-hmm. believe it is. Uh-huh. Uh, right before Christmas, a couple weeks, my son and my wife and I were there uh, getting a Christmas tree and met you in the parking lot, and you were just fantastic. Your staff, we walked around for a while. Your staff is awesome out there. I'm 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 done shopping at the box stores. I'll, I'm going to go get filled every time. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. We have fun, you know, and we always, you know, we, we love our customers. And uh, well, and you're very genuine, you know, over the radio, you, you sound great. But when I met you in person, you were just as just as good as what I hear on the radio. So I highly recommend people going to your nurseries. <laughs> Well, I don't always follow through and get everything done, but I, not because of lack of trying. And uh, I was so fortunate to grow up with such a wonderful family. And, uh, you know, we have such a group of employees, you know, whether they be family or, or fa- extended family, let's call them. Okay. And we've got mm-hmm. plenty of people who've worked there for anywhere from 10 to 40 years. So we've got a, a fun staff. No, great staff and starts with ownership and, and you're awesome. So thanks for your radio show. I listen to it on both stations every weekend and um i hope you have a great new year 
you as well. Thanks for coming out and seeing us. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next up we have, we've got to get everybody in the right. we got Margaret in Sun Lakes. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Brian. Uh, I have uh, two questions. Mm-hmm. I have some plant in my pod, I, uh, on my patio, so I was going to I move them to the open air. Is that, should I move them back under the patio? Well, yeah, anything because that's frost tender, yeah. Margaret, now now be the time to move it because there's certainly a lot of things that, uh, you know, enjoy the sunshine, but there's not much sunshine out today and it can get really cold for the next few days. So anything that's at all frost tender and you have the ability to move so it's got frost protection and coverage, I would move. Okay. And also my daughter was picking up uh, Orange and uh, pomelo, pomelo tree from your nursery uh-huh. says because of frost. Is that a good idea? Pick up the fruit before it's ready. Well, you know, I mean, because of frost. No, I, I would leave the I would leave the fruit on. Pomelos are are getting pretty ripe right now, but the oranges, depending on the variety, uh, navel oranges are getting awfully good. I mean, if you wanted to pick a few navels, because they can be damaged by the frost and they can get some crystallization. So if you have navels and just oh. a few of them, and you want to pick them, that would be fine. You know, because I know they're good right now. We're harvesting a lot of navels right now, and they're really good. So. But the pomelos okay. have got a thick so enough I, rind. I wouldn't worry. I, they're not going to freeze. Oh, they're not going to freeze. So I told her you don't have to cover the tree. Is that true? Because it's well, true. How, 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 old, how old is the tree, Margaret? Five, six years old. You know, if you can cover them when they're young and you're in a cold area, I would cover them. And I, you know, because we'll have some burn in our groves tonight. You know, even though we're running wind machines and we're doing everything, we water everything we can, you know, it's going to burn some of our foliage, you know, and we just know that, especially out in the one in Queen Creek Mesa. It's just a colder area and that's what happens. So, you know, if you have a young tree and and you want to be kind to it, protect it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Karen down in Casa Grande. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Brian. Um, I was going to put some pre-emergent on my lawn this morning, and I don't have any, so I need to go get some. And I need to know from you, Uh what chemicals should I use in my on my Bermuda grass in Casa Grande for our weeds in the desert? Because there's so many different chemicals for different weeds. Well, we've talked about it more today than probably ever, but the one that is, you know, the one that works well, that's a selective herbicide that kills weeds and not grass is 2,4-D. And that can be a Weed Be Gone or several different brands, you know. So if you looked at the active ingredient, it'll be 2,4-D. Now, we've also covered the fact that, you know, if it's above 85, you don't want to spray it. Well, I don't think we're going to get 85 anytime soon. But you also don't want to spray it on any other plants. So if you have any plants around the outside edge, your shrubs and things, if you get it on shrubs, it will kill them. And if you get it on trees, it'll kill them. Is that a pre-emergent? No, that's a post-emergent. Okay. I, I, I'm sorry. You didn't hear me. I meant, I said pre-emergent. Okay. So for, get- so for the pre-emergence, mm-hmm. there, there's different yeah. ones you can find around. There's preen. Okay. And there's going to be a pendimethalin products around. It depends on oh, where you go to okay. what they have. But uh, those pendimethalin. Are, pendimethalin. Uh-huh, and that's pretty common and it's pretty safe and it'll work on the, on the spring weeds. So you could put that down now. Okay, I want to do it today before it rains. Thanks, All right. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have uh, three lines available, a number to call for uh, Miss Shira, 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR. 
been sung a hundred times before. Ain't got nothing but my name. song riding those horses playing all those instruments but i I think somebody had a little fun doing it uh back to the phones let's see next up we have kevin in phoenix hello kevin hi good morning morning to you sir i have a question about a juniper tree that i have in my yard Uh um and so it's about like 20 25 feet high it's old and last spring the spider mites hit it very hard and turned it brown. Okay. So um, then we kind of got a clue what was going on, and we put some stuff on it, some product on it, and then sprayed it a couple times, and um, and then some green popped out during the summer and, and early fall. And so um, as I go forward, what is a good way to um, take care of that juniper, keep it? <laughs> Okay, are, are you sure if it's a juniper or a cypress or arborvita? Is it tall and skinny or is it wider or? Um, it is. Um, it's it's a tall one. I is, is it pretty well, narrow though? It's like an Italian cypress or is it wider like a juniper? No. Okay. Yeah, so well, here, here's yeah. what I would do. The best, and you can put it on right now because they get a lot of aphids this time of year too, uh, which can do some damage to them. Is use a systemic insecticide, uh, like a bear bear company makes a lot of them, and the active ingredients in them in a chloropid, and it, you put it on your water down, and it goes systemic up through the tramp plant, and it makes them toxic okay. to the aphids and the mites, and uh, it can work pretty well. Okay. All right. So get on it now, even though it's cold. Yeah, even though it's cold, because a lot of these that feed on on, on pines and evergreens, uh, they're not bothered by the cold. They really are prolific, though, whenever it's going to be like 75 degrees and 50 degrees at night. So, you know, this this cold's not going to last very long. So not that you have to put it on today, but soon. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thanks, right. Kevin. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Janet and Goodyear. Good morning, Janet. Hello, sir. How are you today? Oh, enjoying the morning. It's beautiful here in Sunny Slope. Yeah, it's raining here in Goodyear. Anyway, um, I put in some pygmy palm trees over the summer. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not in the summer. Uh, the fall. 
and when I was told to put them in. And um, so I don't know what it's going to be like in Goodyear, but I don't have any freeze cloth. What else can I use? Can I use a plastic bag? No, plastic won't work. Okay. So you could use cardboard. You can use cloth okay. material like a sheet, you know, or something like that, or a blanket. Those are all fine. You know, anything. Okay. So it doesn't set, but uh, plastic, the cold goes right through it. You know, the plastic That's only right. works if you build like a greenhouse. So, you know, you can cover it up with, uh, you know, and there are products you can buy too called Frost Guard and, and you know, Cloud Cover and some different ones that uh, you can spray on that um, will help with the cold as well. But um, okay. ideally, you know, if you could just find a store and find some frost cloth, that might be the best. But, it, you know, because it's going to be a lot less expensive than other things to cover with. But you can always use blankets and sheets and all those kind of things. Now, you said a blanket. I'm going over the top of it. Isn't that going to crush it? No, palm trees are pretty resistant. I mean, the especially the pygmy date palms. I mean, they come from Laos and they withstand hurricanes. So that little okay. blanket on it's not going to hurt it for a day or two. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, that's all I got. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks, Janet. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Dominic in Sun Lakes. Hello, Dominic. Hey, uh, good morning. I got a question. Is it too late to plant, to throw down winter seed on your grass? Well, I, I, no, it's never too late. You can plant it in the summertime, but why, Dominic? Uh, cause we didn't, we didn't plant our winter. Are you, are you getting, are you, are you getting, are you getting some rough feedback on this? <laughs> I take it because Dominic, I'll tell you what, right now you're probably about five or six weeks away from the Bruna grass greening up and growing again. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. You know, so, yeah. so it, if you're going to put the ryegrass in this time of season, it's not going to germinate very fast because it's cold. So it's going to take it an extra yeah. two weeks to come up. And yes, you could have a beautiful ryegrass lawn that'll last through June and maybe even carry up till July if planting it this late in the season. But it's going to be really difficult and hard on your Bermuda grass for it to come back. So I would recommend not planting. Oh. If you want to do anything to stop some weeds, put down some pre-emergent. And then as soon as the weather hits 75, in the daytime, then go ahead and fertilize yeah. your Bermuda grass, and it'll green up and start growing again. Okay, yeah, because it's not, you know, Arizona. It's, it's still green, kind of yellow. It's not quite. No, it's going to turn yellow this week, I guarantee you, with the frost. <laughs> but that's not going to hurt it okay. any. Yeah, this is this yeah. is this is yeah. the week that it's going to turn yellow or brown. It's it's going to happen. Okay. You can always paint it okay. though. They have lawn paint. Yeah, well, you can just you can just lawn paint it. You know, just paint it with lawn paint. Just turn it as green or blue if you want. You know, like they have up in Idaho. Uh, okay, emergent. I have to remember that. Okay. Yeah, the pre, yeah, the pre, the pre-emergent's good because it'll stop the the weeds from coming out if you had much of a problem before. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Dominic. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Charlie in Mesa. But if you want to be after Charlie, all you have to do is call Shira. And she'll put you right in after Charlie. The number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Good morning, Charlie. Hey, Brian. Always good to talk with you. Hey, Brian, I put in, oh, I guess maybe about uh, four months ago or so, uh, some orange trees, uh, blood orange, a couple others, navel, uh, in the, I guess, the 30-gallon pots. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're in Northeast Basin, clay soil grove area. Uh, Rec followed your recommendation, uh, about 30, 40 gallons or so water once a week, and they're doing well, uh, but I'm getting some yellowing 
uh, on the new growth that was on there as far as the leaves go? Is that just kind of normal this time of year? Or? Well, it's yeah, it's partially the weather, but it's also partially the fact that it's, it's you know, it's because it's colder and they're not growing. And uh, once huh. a week in your soil might be too much water now that the weather's really cooled off. So just check okay. the wells and don't check the dirt outside the well, but check the soil, you know, right in there that they came with the tree. And if it's got moisture, the top three or four inches, they don't need more water. You might want to cover those young guys, Charlie. Um, oh, we could okay. have a pretty good freeze out there. I see. I see. So the uh, with this kind of clay soil, you know, it kind of cracks on top. But if you kind of peel it away and you just take a small spade, it's very uh, yeah. It's, it's stuck and it's wet. Yeah. So they, you know, in that yeah. soil, you probably don't want to water them that often. Um, you know, when they're established, like on our groves out there, which are on the Mesa Queen Creek border, you know, right yep. now we're watering once a month at the most on any of them. And the only reason uh, why okay. any trees would have more often water than that is because maybe we're doing some frost protection and. Uh, we we try to keep like the navels dry so that we can uh, have the sugar content higher. You know, it depends on how cold it gets, whether we have to, fer- to water them again or not. But, you know, we're not watering for the tree health right now. The only reason why we're watering citrus out there is really frost protection. I get it. Okay. So those, uh, those new navels that uh, new, there's, there's three of them that mm-hmm. uh, I should go ahead and just, just throw some uh, sheets over them. Sure. I mean, that'd be helpful. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I put a new fig in also. Uh, as well. So that's a young fig, three, same time, three, four months. That it should be covered as well. Um, not really. No, I mean the frig, figs. Okay. Most varieties of figs, you're not going to freeze the wood. I mean, there, there are varieties of figs that could go all the way down below zero, but those aren't the common oh, ones yeah. we do here. But you shouldn't have any damage from a fig. It should lose all of its leaves. I see. And then I heard a previous caller as I was just waiting here about the uh, pygmy uh, palms. That mm-hmm. uh, now I've established they've been in. I don't know, five, six years or so. Do they need to be covered or? Well, they're going to burn the foliage if they're not. You know, if, if you're in a colder area, um, this kind of weather in the mid-20s, it's going to, not going to kill the tree, but it's going to burn the leaves. And they won't green back up until uh, in the spring, you know, like in March or April when they start to grow again. I see. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks, as always. Take care. Thanks, Charlie. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have, uh, looks like Joanne and Surprise. Hi, Joanne. Yes. Hi. I, I love your show. Um, I, I have two plants. Um, one that is very successful, which is a Mexican fence post put in in 2011. Uh, it was the ugliest thing I ever saw. It looked like a, 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 an upside-down zucchini, but it now has had five babies and is beautiful. But I put a totem pole in prior to COVID. I can't tell you what year. And I thought it was going to get bushy and, and like the pictures, and it's still sitting there like an ugly upside-down zucchini. Is it in uh, pretty full sun, Joanne? It's on a north location. Um, I, I guess it, but it's, it's northeast, and it does get sun. Mm-hmm. The totem, the um, Mexican fence posts are under a tree. Mm-hmm. So, but you probably want to do is water a little bit more. Being in the summertime, not now. Uh, Being under a tree, it's probably got some frost protection, depending on the tree has its foliage. But you know what? This is kind of a good point right now. It is not under the tree, the Mexican fence post. Or it, it is out next to my neighbor's driveway, and it is exposed. Okay. But it is northeast. Yeah, but it's out in full sun. So, you know, the yes. cactus really want quite a bit of light. So if you've got them, you know, the totem pole in too much shade, it's going to grow slower. But what you might want to do tonight is put some styrofoam cups over the tips so they don't freeze. 
Should I feed it cactus food? Well, not now. I mean, it's really dormant right now. So in April, March or April would be a good time to feed it. And you could, it can't read, so you can feed any kind of fertilizer. Miracle grows fine. Um, 20, 20, 20, 10, 10, 10. That's going to help them. And then, you know, when it's real hot in the summertime, you want to water them like in July, like once a week. Okay. You know, I never water my, I haven't watered my, um, I'm somewhat disabled. I haven't watered the uh, Mexican fence posts in a couple of years. And they just keep producing babies. It's got a new baby coming up. Yep. Well, um, they're they're a little different plants, but they come from pretty similar regions as far as that goes. But light's going to make a difference. But do put some styrofoam cups over the tips so they don't freeze tonight. And I got to let you go okay. because we have uh, Mr. Troy Barrett is in the studio live, ready with the news. And we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we have the lovely Shira here to answer your phone calls. And her number is 602-277-5827. We're all here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9, together with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3. FM KTAR. And I dream in the morning that she brings me water. And I dream in the evening that she brings me wine. Just a poor man's daughter, pulled up in your school. Evangeline, old Mexico. There's a great hot desert south of Mexico, and if you don't have water, boy, you better not go. Tequila won't get you across that desert to Evangelina, old Mexico, and the fire. For the woman I love is driving me insane Knowing she's waiting And I can't get there God only knows that I racked my brain To try to find a way to reach that woman Oh, Mexico Wait, you know what the good news is, Kira? Good news is, is they open up the border crossing and Hoy can go down and see his chica down in, in Penasco again. You know, he was roped out of there for a long time. And, you know, you ride a horse, you know, just from here to Penasco is not too bad. But you got to go all the way through Mexicali. He, no wonder he needed the water. The tequila wouldn't get him there. Anyway, welcome back, folks. Beautiful morning. And uh, we do have three lines available. We have the lovely Shira here on phones and music. All you have to do is give her a call and you can be up after Todd. Uh, number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Jim and Mesa. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. So I have a naval orange tree that, I don't know, it looks like it's been stripped down. There's no leaves left to it. Uh, I don't know if the irrigation system stopped off running or what, but I'm concerned that it's dead. And I don't know if I can get it recovered or just be patient and wait till spring or what. Jim, how, lo- how long has it been there? When did all this happen to it? Well, yeah, this is the first time. It's been producing fruit now for about the last five years. Okay. But for whatever reason, this year... All the leaves are turning a color, uh, you know, dying out color. Uh, at one point, I had fruit hanging on the tree, but all leaves are gone. 
So, 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 when did Jim? When did it drop its leaves? Uh, it's probably right before, probably November. Okay. It, did it happen to be right after you fertilized it or anything? Uh, I can't tell you that. I don't know. I just sort of noticed it and just okay. didn't do anything with it because I was busy doing other things. Sure. So for it to drop like that, it usually is a sign that something's happened to it pretty traumatic if it's been in there for five or ten years. So it would I would check for a couple things. One thing might be that it got too much fertilizer. And that will burn the leaves right off it. Or it could also be that it, there was a herbicide or weed killer used around it, and that can cause problems. Or it could be a gopher. But one of those three things, probably some traumatic life experience uh, happened to it. Now, this time of year is not much we can do for it. It's, it's just dormant. It's cold, you know, and nothing much is going to change. How, how large is the tree, Jim? It's probably about six, seven feet tall. Okay. It might not be bad to still cover it just in case the, the, so the wood doesn't freeze, you know, depending on how cold it gets the next couple of days. So I'd probably cover it for now and uh, then see if it doesn't pop back out, you know, in uh, about, you know, time they'll start leafing out. It's usually in the middle of February after Valentine's Day. And uh, I wouldn't really do much with it till then. Probably shut the water off because it's not using any. You know, and you're you're more likely to overwater it than underwater at this time of year. So I just cover it, shut the water off, you know, make sure that the ground's got moisture. But if the ground's got moisture, shut the water off and see what the spring brings. Yeah, irrigation system set for one time a week. Okay, that's more than it needs this time of year. Okay, all right. And you think there's a hope for that thing to recover itself? Well, you know, spring and Easter and all that kind of new rebirth kind of time of year, it really does work, you know, and there's a lot of plants. If the wood's still green, it's got a pretty good chance to come out this spring. Just don't give it too much love or attention right now, but I would cover it for the for the cold. Okay, thank you very much. Thank the you. The will get through to you. Have all a right. great day. Bye-bye. Right. Uh, Cassie and Chandler, good morning, Cassie. Yes, good morning. Good morning to you. I was wondering you. if there's... I was wondering if there's a way I have a, a ficus that's dropped a lot of leaves, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if there's a way to encourage some new growth. The only growth I'm seeing is on the end, so I hate to prune it. So ni- ni- nice, nice warm spring weather and a little fertilizer. Um, Cassie, was this tree suffering from the heat last summer? Yes, definitely. Okay. Is the bark uh, peeling off? Does it have any black powdery wood underneath? No, it looks good. Okay. So then what we're waiting for is the spring. So, you know, you don't want to let it freeze real hard right now because the problem is when it's open and weaker, it's, you know, more inclined to freezing. So if you can protect it some from the frost, that would be a good thing. But I wouldn't expect for it to do much until the temperature hits 75 or 80. And when it does that, like the 1st of March, go ahead and feed it. And if you want to feed it monthly, you know, for next year from March all the way through October, that would be good for it. And uh, make sure it's got a good deep irrigation, you know, on a regular basis, but not staying wet all the time. And it'll probably come back out in the spring. And you think it'll fill in in the, in the, oh, yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll fill in in the spring. The spring is like I said, we just talked the last call, but that's a time of new growth when things really regenerate. And if it's got some fertilizer, you know, that time of year in March, uh, for it to kick in with, it should come back out. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Todd and Phoenix. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. Hoping you could help me with a poa grass problem. Uh, I normally overseed, but this year I did not, and I treated it with uh, a weed stopper, a turf weed stopper. 
both in mid-October and then again on Jan- uh, December 1st, uh, according to the instructions on the on the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm still getting the poa weeds coming through, or the poa grass, I should say. Yeah, it's uh, it's not that common anymore, poa grass. It used to be. People used to use it to overseed instead of Bermuda grass. But um, what you could probably kill it with, you have ryegrass there now or anything there now? I did not plant ryegrass this okay. year, so it's just the dormant Bermuda. Yeah, so you could spot spray it even with a light dose of Roundup or glyphosate, and that'll probably okay. kill the POA, not kill the Bermuda grass. As long as, you know, okay. I, I'd wait till after this week, because this weather okay. is going to really send that uh, Bermuda grass into complete dormancy. And uh, no. then then I would just use like a little quart spray bottle or something just to spot spray it, you know, and not try to broadcast it on the whole area and spot spray it. Okay. Uh a uh, pre-emergent would would not work on that. Is that correct? No, it, it only keeps the seed from germinating. So if it's already germinated, it's not going to work. But if I do it, maybe next uh, mid October, would a pre-emergent work? Yeah, it should. Well, you actually more more like September. So okay. here in the valley, when we use them mostly, it's like late September and the first of January, middle of January. You know, somewhere before February when it starts to warm up in the spring. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Thanks, Todd. Thank okay. you. And let's see, next up we have uh, Mike in Scottsdale. Hi, Michael. Hey, Brian. How are you? Enjoying the morning. It's really beautiful out here. I hope it starts to pour down rain here one of these days. <laughs> let's hope so. As we brace for this impending winter storm, is there a level of uh, sort of fragility of the plant? Which one should I focus my limited resources on covering? Uh, the orange tree, the, uh, the ficus, the uh, orange blossoms? What you know? Well, I mean, here's the thing. If we, have, if we have older, more mature plants, whether they be yellow bells or bougainvilleas or lantanas, you know, they could all freeze pretty easily. But this freeze isn't going to kill any of them if they're established. Okay. So if they've been in for a few years, and it might be time to prune them back the first of March anyway, so it's really not going to hurt anything. Uh, the thing we're most concerned with here now is all the new tropicals. So there's mangoes and papayas and avocados, and all those guys can actually die from not very much okay. cold at all. And then when it comes to citrus, there's a big difference in their hardiness. So other than to protect the fruit maybe from some frost damage, um Lemon trees and lime trees are the most frost tender. You know, and oranges and grapefruits tend to be pretty hardy. The mandarins, you know, like any kind of a mandarin or tangerines, uh, they're pretty hardy as well. It might freeze the fruit, but it's not going to hurt the tree. Very good. Uh, uh, queen palms, are they? Uh, well, not, not, not with this kind of frost. I mean, I've seen queen palms freeze bad, but I've seen it 16 degrees here in the valley before, too. So, okay. you know, it, it takes a lot to freeze a queen palm, but you might burn some leaves on them if it's down to 25 and stays there for four hours. Okay. It's not going to do that, though, is it? Is you it know, possible? Mike, I don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know you don't, but like, you know, I, I saw the forecast. I, I, I watch the weather. I look at the water vapor, you know, and then I say a little prayer to me, you know, that, you know, little Lord, we might need a little help here because we can only do so much to protect so many different things. And, uh, but, you know, sometimes the Lord's got to be willing to. Sometimes he's, he says, ah, oh, freeze is going to be good for these folks. You know, it's, it's going to kill the bugs and things. So there's always a good and bad side to every story with, with nature. But, um, no, it, you know, it, it can in colder areas, I wouldn't be surprised that it's down in the low 20s, you know. Okay. And uh, like out at our farm out in Queen Creek uh, Mesa where we're at out there where it's pretty open, you know, we're, we're probably seven or eight degrees colder than uh, most of East Mesa and, you know, a lot, a lot of Queen Creek since the homes have been built. But um, 
It really does depend. Like in Scottsdale, if you're down, you know, if, well, for example, if you're like in McCormick Ranch and down where the water flows through there, all the cold air settles. So if you just keep in mind, if you're in the low spots where the cold air settles, it's going to be colder. If you're on a hillside in Scottsdale by a mountain, say you're over at you know, 120th Street, you know, up by Cactus, it probably won't freeze at all. Okay, perfect. All perfect. right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you so much. Have a happy new year. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Bob and Coolidge. But if you'd like to be after Bob, we've got plenty of times to probably get four more calls in. The number to call is 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. A one, two, three, four. <laughs> And I wouldn't recommend planting any bougainvilleas or uh, any frost tender plants here this week. It's a little cold for them. But, you know, if you want to come get set up and uh, if last summer was a little hot, you need a little shade. Or if you want to plant some citrus trees out, you could come in and see them. We could get you all set up and we can plant them as soon as they're blue stake within the next week or so. And, the, you know, the deciduous trees and the hardy evergreens, they don't mind the cold. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Now, for somehow you forget to cover your flowers and things, and we'll have plenty more. We have a lot in the greenhouses and uh, some outside. Most flowers, you know, some of the ones we grow this time of year aren't so frost tender, but it would definitely be a good idea to cover flower pots that you can have. You can move them under a patio and cover ones because uh, we very likely can be in the in the 20s here in the next, you know, for the next week at different times. And so better to be careful, be, be safe rather than sorry and give them a little protection. Uh, next up, we've got Bob over in Coolidge. Morning, Bob. Hey, good morning, Brian. How, how are you doing? Uh, Hoyt Axon, haven't heard that for 
like a hundred years. Well, you don't listen to the show every week because I play it at least twice a year. <laughs> like that. Oh, really? But, but well, I, think, I, I, I can't catch it all the time, but well, I'm just out here waiting for it to rain so I can go out and start dancing in it. <laughs> well, I figured I had to play it because they opened the port back up there. We can get down to Penasco again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's quite a drive from Mexicali. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, uh, I was going to ask you about, uh, you know, Potatoes, I want to raise them in the, uh, I've seen them on YouTube, they raise them in pots. I want to raise them in pots, but I want to know the perfect potting soil for them. Well, you're going to, you know, probably really a blend if you had maybe with potatoes, you know, two, up to two-thirds uh-huh. organic, maybe half and half, and half with a good, you know, sandy loam soil. So you're going to retain more minerals and more fertilizer in the soil. I, I think somewhere like a 50-50 would be a good mix. Okay, cool. And uh, do you guys have any pruning classes uh, for citrus? You know, not Ever not really, not really so much. But I mean, if you give me a call, Bob, and catch me, we can we can always talk about it on the air. We do a lot of pruning, you know, different fashions. We do some pruning that we do for our commercial groves, and we do that. Uh-huh. In fact, I was out looking at stuff yesterday how we're going to prune it as soon as we harvest it, you know, to make it easier to harvest. And then we do pruning on uh, you know different trees that we grow for for landscape purposes, and the ones that go to homeowners. And uh, uh-huh. the one thing I can tell you, my grandfather used to say, the more you prune them, the faster they grow, and it's seems like they do respond to the the pruning kind of that way and uh pruning citrus you know trees this isn't probably the perfect time yet but somewhere you know after fruit harvest and before bloom you know february march is a really good time to prune and the reason you know what you want to do is just consider why you're pruning and what you're trying to accomplish you know so Uh you can reduce the tree size dramatically uh you can graft Uh the tree and change so we'll, we'll prune it different to do that but if and we can also prune it for the best fruit but just a pointer on pruning for the best fruit if you can open up the inside of the tree reduce the top part of the canopy so light goes in the inside the fruit on the inside Uh and especially with lemons uh, or navels or pretty much all citrus the fruit on the inside of the tree is protected here from the hot sun and the wind and you don't get the scarring on it and you get better quality fruit ripens just a little bit later and that way that fruit Uh on the outside will ripen faster the inside will ripen slower but you'll get your very best quality fruit by opening up the inside of the tree. And then the other thing uh-huh. we want to do is we want to maintain, maintain enough canopy to protect the wood from the sun. So you want to let the yeah. branches on the canopy go down to within two or three feet of the ground if you can. And that'll make okay, the cool. tree have better fruit. All right, cool. Hey, can I ask you another quick question? Yep, quick one. Uh, I have an agave shower eye, and after uh, July, after all the heat, it's kind of looked, uh, it looked like it needed a drink, so I gave it a drink. And it all turned brown, except the middle part of it. Can I say that, or should I just start well, over? Bob, again? what I would probably do is take it out. A lot of them were infected by beetles. Okay, so uh-huh. while they were weak in their natural defense mechanism against the agave beetles, was, was uh, you know diminished, and so yeah. you know really all around the valley we saw lots of agaves die because of the heat we had in August. Oh. Okay. All right. Thanks for your help, and uh, Happy New Year. You too. Bye, Bob. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Leo and AJ. Good morning, Leo. Hi there. Yes, sir. I got a question. I got. Uh, I had two uh, orange trees, probably 25, 30 feet apart, and one of them kept getting worse and worse every time. I'm a snowbird. Mm-hmm. Every time we come down here. Anyway, I took it out this year. And is there? Can I plant something else in that same spot? Yeah, you know, this is if you're a snowbird, this is a great place to grow citrus. And if you want something to grow faster than a regular orange, what I'd recommend to you is a mini olatangelo. 
And uh, tangelas do exceeding well here. We, we grow a lot of them commercially. And, uh, you know, if you want to wait till you taste one, just uh, give it about another three weeks and they're going to be perfect. And they're a faster growing okay. orange, you know, like variety. They're actually a hybrid between a, a tangerine and a grapefruit, but they have wonderful flavor. And uh, they thrive and will grow much faster replacing a tree than an orange tree. And they'll ripen here typically the third week of January. Okay. So the, so the roots that are remaining in there, uh, I didn't get all the roots. No, you can just move over and plant next to it. That shouldn't be a problem. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, how they, often should a guy fertilize something like that? Well, this time of year, not at all. So, you know, here's what a good way to fertilize if you're going to be a snowbird. You want to fertilize here about the middle of February, okay? And if you have a young tree or one that's hurting, you can feed it once a month. And then at the end, when you're going to leave, and I don't know if you leave like in May or when you head out, but if you use yeah. like an Osmocote or a slow-release fertilizer and put that on, it'll last all summer till you get back in October whenever you come back. Okay, you shouldn't water right now then. Right now, the older established trees shouldn't need much water. Okay, um, okay. Uh, these these are these are probably fifteen years old. Yeah, so this this time of year, you know, if it's fairly rocky soil, drains fast water once every two weeks. If it's heavier soil, once a month. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Leo. Bye bye. Uh, Jeff in Phoenix. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning, Brian. Hey, first, I want to thank you for the uh, Christmas wreath we got. Uh, oh, Jeff, you know what? I got to put you on hold. Thanks, but uh, I'll take everybody else off the air. It looks like I got a full board and I got 10 seconds to say goodbye. Um, hey, appreciate all the calls, folks. Go out and love each other. And, uh, you know, just like John Lennon said, if we give peace a chance and work together, especially with those who we different, dif disagree, we'll have a much better time. Be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.